You're listening to Crossings Conversations from Church Divinity School of the Pacific, a show about leaders creating Christian community and sharing God's love. This is Kyle Oliver from Church Divinity School of the Pacific, and I'm here with the Reverend Dr. Lisa Cressman, founding steward of Backstory Preaching. Lisa, welcome. Thank you, Kyle. I'm delighted to be here. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, This is a series of interviews with CDSP alums who are up to uh, interesting things uh, in their life and ministry. Uh, Remind me what uh, your graduating year was. 1992, a long time ago. 1992. Well, uh, thanks for being here to represent the class of 92. And uh, we'll start uh, pretty broadly. Just uh, tell us a little bit about your ministry with Backstory Preaching. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, So I hate to tell everybody who's listening, but I have the best ministry gig on the planet. It is mine, and I am not giving it up, uh, because (laughs) all I do is work with preachers, uh, Mm. lay and ordained preachers. I started Backstory Preaching in 2016, and it is now my privilege to work with ecumenical preachers around the world, and I have a great time doing it because I get to help them preach the good news in a way that is more effective and authentic, and uh, it's it's pretty great. Very cool. So, how do you uh, how do you get connected with the uh, with the folks that you're working with? Uh, well, we started with um, a small proof of concept startup grant that was very generously given by the Episcopal Diocese of Texas. I now live in the Houston, Texas metro, though I am canonically resident in Minnesota, which is its own story. Uh, But Texas was very generous in giving me this grant, and we started uh, with what is still our flagship. We run a year-long intensive mentorship, and the idea of what we do is we are as invested in the preacher as we are their preaching. Mm. We are simultaneously working on helping preachers develop their craft to preach more skillfully. We do so in a manner, though, that is at least as much spiritual direction as it is based on developing skills. Mm. Everything else that we do has grown up as a result of the mentorship, um, including um, a lot of uh, a blog that I write every week geared toward preachers to uh, a, a year-round support that we offer to make the preaching craft and process Uh, run more smoothly, and be sustainable. Uh, So one of the first things that we did, for example, is uh, create a course and uh, an independent e-course and a lot of other free resources on craft an effective sermon by Friday. (laughs) By Friday being the optimal words here. So we help preachers learn how how to craft their sermons to get them done on their own schedules. So it's not spilling over into personal lives mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a I'm a longtime uh, reader of your blog and follower of your work, and um, certainly one of the things that's resonated with me as someone who preaches not not every week, at least not at the moment, but uh, but but has occasionally preached every week uh, for seasons, and um, still preach pretty often, is. Um, 
you know that the the notion um you, you know you mentioned that at least part of what you do is spiritual direction and um i've always been struck by the sense that like building preaching and and the the associated prep work into one spiritual practice is is part of i think how that friday target uh system works can you can you say a little more about that yeah uh back in back in the day it was in the water though it was not taught to me this way specifically but it was sort of the understanding that what preachers needed to do was to get out of the way of the text mm. that we were to present the text as um in in its purest form in a sort of as unbiased a way as we can and while understanding the context of the text is still critically important it seems to me that preachers can't get out of the way of the text if the text is incarnated into the particularity of the human person, then we are going to be getting in the way of the text uh, in a way that simply can't be avoided. And in fact, our, our whole being goes with us into the pulpit. One of the things we talk about at Backstory Preaching is preaching is your life. Your life is preaching. Mm. because it's it's all of our experience, all of our education, all of our formation, our understanding of the text, the context that we are in, the people with whom we are offering the gospel, all of that is informing how we understand the text. Mm. So rather than trying to get out of the way of it, what we're trying to do is exploit who we are, not in an icky sense of that word, but in the sense of with all that I am and all that I have, we honor God mm. in the gospel by bringing our entire selves to the preaching event. So what we want to be doing is offering the, the self God made us to be in that offering. So the spirituality of who we are and our relationship with God is absolutely central. It is key to how we are preaching. And that's not the same thing at all that we are preaching personal stories. We're not using the word I and telling our own stories. It is rather that our self is being a part, is being built into the sermon in a way that it can't be extracted. That's why you can get 10 preachers with the same text for the same congregation on the same Sunday are going to preach 10 different sermons mm -hmm. because of who we are. Mm. So we try to help preachers tap into who are you and who are you bringing to the text and honoring that unique voice that gets one time in all of history to be brought to the table. And so use that and make it the best it can possibly be in service of the gospel and the people we serve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful vision. Um, so, uh, so, so if my and stop me if I'm uh, 
if I'm wandering into trade secrets here, but um, uh, if I, so I, Kyle, in my particularity and incarnate um, reality, um, wake up on Monday morning and know that I'm preaching on Sunday and I'd like to be done by Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in the in the sort of um, methodological framework that you're working in, um, you know, where where do I start and how how is how is that connected to to my incarnate spiritual life? Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Um, no, this is not at all getting into trade circuits. This is what we do all yeah. the time. Um, we apply Lexio Divina to sermon prep. Mm. And Lexio Divina, as um, most listeners will know, has four stages to it Lexio, Meditatio, Oratio, and Contemplatio. Mm. And those four stages are beautifully applicable to sermon prep. There is, first of all, uh, an attitude, a preparation of self that sermon prep is actually a prayerful event. And in that way, it is in and of itself, it is a spiritual practice that feeds the preacher. Mm, It is not only for our listeners It's because we're children of God encountering the text. Mm. And when we do so prayerfully and thoughtfully, we're fed by sermon prep rather than drained by it. Mm. So we start with Lexio, which means to read. And one of the things we offer at Backstory Preaching every Monday at noon central on the Backstory Preaching Facebook page, we pray the gospel in community. And so we are praying the coming Sunday's gospel together. Mm. using the Lexio part of Lexio Divina, a slow, careful reading of the text. Mm. Then we advocate the second stage of meditatio, and that's most closely akin to exegesis, Mm -hmm. but it is rather than being only informed by our study, we talk about it as formative exegesis so that it is forming the preacher as a child of God. We are being changed because the all of scripture is about forming us as a people of God. So we allow we allow a vulnerability in ourselves to be changed by, transformed by, become more like Christ by what we are studying. Then oratio, uh, the next stage is the application. Do you take all of the stuff that you've learned and with a particular process that I developed, I help people or preachers do on their own discern one clear message of good news. Mm. Just one. One. <laughs> one. One. Only one. Only one. one. One clear message of good news. It's the audio only format, but you you would see me cringing. Yes. <laughs> you, uh, yes. Thinking back on all those failures to get to one. Just one. So I help people figure out how do you get to that one message? And then you craft the sermon in whatever the thing is that you do. Manuscript notes, without it doesn't matter. So that by Thursday or Friday, depending on your schedule, you've got the sermon done. Mm. And you can let it rest. Contemplatio is happening throughout the week. You give it rest breaks in between, which is when the spirit and creativity have the greatest opportunity to work. Mm. And then you're done. I, I, Kyle, I literally hear from clergy spouses. Mm. because they're having date nights on Friday and Saturday nights mm. 
because the sermons are done. The entire stress level of the household has dropped. And the preachers are really excited about what they're preaching because they've been transformed themselves by the good news. And so now they're really jazzed about, I get to preach. I get to tell you. Let me share with you this cool thing that just happened, this good news I know because I just experienced it. So they're really excited to preach. And when they're excited, then that transforms the congregation. They're excited to hear what the preacher has to say. And it's a beautiful circle. It just keeps feeding on itself that way. Yeah. Good, good news all around. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So rather than it being a box on the checklist, one more thing you've got to do in the course of your week, it's a sense of, I get to do this. I Mm -hmm. get to preach. I get to be sent to scripture on behalf of my congregation. Who's got a better job than that? Mm, Except mine, of course. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let's um let's continue a bit with that theme of formation. Um, uh, I don't think I'm putting words in your mouth. I think I've heard you say this that um, you felt like your uh, training for ministry at CDSP has um, you know shaped and 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 formed you know your um, your outlook um, at at doing this ministry. I wonder if you might say a little bit more about that. Uh, yeah, at um. At the risk of people thinking that this might be sort of a play up because I'm being interviewed, <laughs> it isn't. I mean, I was there from 89 to 92. Okay. The faculty was stellar. Hmm. I, I don't doubt that it still is. I can only speak to, I know the faculty I got to work with was amazing. Hmm. And being able to be a part of the GTU and take classes from a number of um, schools, with being around ecumenical uh, peers. Uh, when I was there, it was um, they were in a search for the new homiletics professor, and so I actually took homiletics with the Dominicans, mm. which was a, a great experience. Mm. Um, and in addition. I was there, uh, the very first earthquake I ever had was the one, the Loma Prieta earthquake, the one that happened during the uh, World Series. Yeah, Yeah. your first semester of seminary. Yep, that was, and I thought, wow, this is what you people do all the time. And then (laughs) then I learned, of course, pretty quickly, this was an unusual (laughs) event. (laughs) I was also there for the civil riots with the Rodney King (laughs) verdict. I was also there for the Oakland-Berkeley Hills fire. Wow. Um, And I did field ad uh, campus ministry at Cal Berkeley, and the Reverend Steve um, Brannon was my field ad supervisor. And with him um, and a couple of other students, we traveled to El Salvador during their civil war. So I was there in November of 91 to commemorate the martyrdom of the six Jesuit priests and their housekeeper and her daughter. Mm. And uh, the combination of those things, I am amazed at the parallels now, you know, about 30 years later that are, are quite shocking. I mean, between Mm. 
climate change and wildfires and hurricanes, uh, with the civil rights protests, with um, Black Lives Matter, um, the, with uh, it, the courage that it takes to stand up to those who are oppressing others, the prayers of the community. I'll never forget when we were leaving to go to El Salvador and there was a prayer service that was held for us because it it was dangerous and scary mm. to go to El Salvador in the middle of a civil civil war. But the way that the community surrounded us with prayer, the the ways that the the exhibition of care around the earthquake. Uh, there were students who were on the Berkeley Bridge, Oakland Berkeley Bridge, when it collapsed, um, and wow. they barely got away with it. Uh, to see um, going up into the uh, after the Oakland Berkeley Hills fire and helping an elderly woman uh, who had lost everything in the house and working with students to find what few belongings she could still claim. So the formation of, of education, the spirituality of the daily services serving as a cantor, which I loved being able to do and witnessing to a world that was broken mm. in all kinds of ways. Uh, it couldn't, it couldn't have set me up better. I mean, I, I really feel like all these years later, if I had designed a seminary curriculum and experience, mm. I would have designed the one I got. Mm. It, it yeah. was, it was extraordinary. And I've always been so grateful yeah. Well, and and um, just that sense, as you said earlier, of our whole lives um, being the being the curriculum in sense, being being yeah. what forms us, and and uh, and being the the sort of intermediary of our ministry, um, uh, it really just sort of leaps off of your your testimony. Yeah. 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 So um, I'm mindful of the time here. Um, so let's turn to. A question that we we always want to ask. We we don't usually ask it first, and you can you can think of it in the in the specific context of CDSP or the more general context of you know formation more broadly. But what advice would you have um, uh, for um, for people thinking about formation generally, formation as preachers specifically? What advice would you have mm -hmm. for? Um, uh, what what could um, what 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 can make a difference uh, for people uh, preparing to uh, preparing to preach uh, here in twenty twenty one twenty twenty two? Yeah, that preaching is harder than we give it the resources to do well. Mm. Mm. What I a couple of things about this I think are important to appreciate. When, for most of us in seminary or local formation, when when we do a preaching course, like I got one semester, which is very common. Sometimes people get two. Yeah, I think I had two, yeah. But when we graduate, we we are expected and we expect ourselves to be extraordinary preachers. But the equivalent of what we have done is we have brought somebody into a, a 
preaching course, we stuck a violin under their chin, put a bone in their hands, and said, I want you to learn to be a, a premier jazz fiddler who can riff your own music, compose your own stuff on the spot, play beautifully and in tune, and never, ever again have another lesson. Hmm. That's the equivalency. Preaching is an extraordinarily complex art form. And there has never been a mechanism, honestly, before backstory preaching, to have a place to do that continual development that a skill like this requires. And anybody can learn to preach well. Anybody can. But it requires intentional practice and feedback and resources and time. And what happens for most preachers is they get into their ministry setting and and neither preacher nor vestries especially understand what it takes to preach well. So preaching, as more ministry things come up, preaching gets shoved into the corner and, and into nooks and crannies. And people wonder why preachers struggle to preach well to preach effectively. Preaching is not our volunteer job. Mm. It is a primary and central focus, and more so now than ever, because we're online. And preaching is one of the is the public face of what people learn about the gospel. Mm-hmm. And not only is the preacher, all of the preacher going into that sermon, it is the ministry context. So everything gets funneled through the sermon, everything. So it deserves and it needs the time, whatever the preacher says they need. They need the resources to learn and grow to get the feedback they need so that they can develop into the preacher everybody hopes and knows that preacher is capable of becoming. So my advice is to appreciate how extraordinarily difficult this is and to devote the time and energy that good preaching actually requires. Amen. Well, thank you for that. Um, to, to close us out, um, I'd like to just invite you to um, uh, testify, as it were, in, uh, in whatever way um, you might feel called to uh, in this moment. Um, Based on your um, experience uh, at Backstory Preaching, um, uh, you know what what word would you have for other Christians, for other Episcopalians uh, uh, about about uh, what you are learning about the the work that you do, um, or anything else? What would you um, what would you want to share in closing? Uh, The world and the church are changing in ways that are deeper and faster than any of us have experienced in our lifetimes and maybe ever. And we need to do lots of work to acknowledge and grieve what is passing 
so that we can rise to an Easter Sunday of whatever is coming ahead. It is not a time to be afraid of these changes. Yes, it's scary. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason Jesus keeps saying over and over again, do not be afraid. Because however things change, there is always new life. And while it may not be fun in the meantime, God is always present. So have good courage. New life is always, always here. Lisa, thank you for that word. And thank you for being with us for this episode of Crossings Conversations. Most of all, thank you for what you do. We're really uh, grateful for all of your sharing. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. And thank you, CDSP, and many blessings in all the years ahead. Crossings Conversations is a co-production of Church Divinity School of the Pacific and Trinity Church Wall Street. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or share it with a colleague. You can learn more about the only Episcopal Seminary on the West Coast and subscribe to Crossings Magazine at cdsp.edu. Mm-hmm.